just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder here, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. We thank all of you for joining us on this Sunday morning with us in uh, on our Zoom call. We have Chuck Crosby, the owner of the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck at 499-6360. He does a great job. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 411-TEAM. That's 844 844- 411 team for his direct number and then my son greg who does our marketing photography and so much more and myself bob sekoler you can reach me day or night 376-5483 or you can go to bobsellmyhome.com by the way we now have five ways to help you sell your home and it's all there Go to bobsellmyhome.com or call me 376-5483 all right guys let's uh, start off with what we've been talking about this week about closing your bedroom door when you go to sleep at night. Feel free to jump in, but it uh, may not seem like a big deal, but when it comes to your family's safety, it's vital. And here's why. Uh, There are chances if there's a house fire, if the door is closed, new reports show that it gives you more time to escape the flames. 40 years ago, the national average time to escape a house fire was 17 minutes. Now, with most furniture, fabrics, and even construction products made from synthetic materials, it's down to three minutes, and that's not a lot of time to get to safety. Until recently, there were really no updates, but now the UofL Firefighter Safety Research uh, did a study, lit a small building on fire, leaving one bedroom door open, another closed. The results were astonishing. Fire swept through the bedroom with the open door, but the closed door held off the flames for a number of times yeah it yeah it's important brad well i was going to say the other thing about it is the closed door uh is going to keep the uh the smoke out longer and because our smoke alarms are outside our bedroom doors right it's gonna they're going to accumulate there and they're going to trigger that alarm versus you know you've got more airflow through that open door where the smoke's going to come into a bedroom you know maybe even before the smoke alarm uh is detecting it so yeah I, i i think we should all be sleeping with our uh, bedroom doors closed just for that additional layer of protection uh, from the smoke. Not so, not so much even the flames, but the flames will move quickly, uh, particularly with the way that you know our HVAC systems in our house work, which just you know stack effect. You're just moving air, you know, up from the lower floors to the you know the sleeping floors in in most of the homes. You yeah, know, it's just the, exaggerating the. Uh, the It'd be nice. The It'd be nice if we had like fire dampers. You know, you know, one of our our uncle in uh, New York makes fire dampers I mean if residential homes came equipped you know it's expense but you know yeah Yeah, and you know it's interesting on this because in in Jefferson County the smoke detectors need to be 10-year non-removable lithium or electric with a battery backup but Brad do you see any other reason why they don't have this in other counties because this is almost a natural it should be it, it it should be, but it's not. Uh, I, I think some of the surrounding counties, you know, uh, agents are kind of helping homeowners understand, you know, how they need to upgrade. But no, it's it's just a requirement in Jefferson County. Interesting. All right, we move over to Chuck. Tammy sent us an email saying she is selling her home, and and this has gotten out of control. Apparently, realtor had taken pictures of the house, and after the pictures were taken. Tammy decided that she wanted to keep several of the lighting fixtures 
because they were expensive. Then, so she went out, she switched out the lighting fixtures, and then the buyer comes in and sees the house with the new, less expensive, presumably, lighting fixtures, and the buyer puts an offer in on the house. Now, the buyer is claiming they want the original lighting fixtures that were in the pictures that she saw online. So this brings up a really good point. She's, the buyer sees pictures online, realizes that the lights that are in the pictures are not the lights that she saw when she was in the house. Does the seller have any obligation to put the original lights back that were in the pictures that were taken? Chuck? I don't see any any toehold to stick my foot in on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a picture. Uh, there's, as long as there's nothing on the listing saying these particular fixtures stay, uh, as long as there's nothing written or said saying, oh, yeah, those are going to be there, then there's no obligation to keep those there. But I put a lamp on a table. Unless that's part of the contract, that's not staying. We, yeah, we've I've heard that. I've heard of cases in the past where just because I, of I do all of the photography and I've been in all of the ethics and license law classes within yeah. KREC and everything or GLAR rather, um, there has been like certain chandeliers um, I've seen in the past where there is dollar. I think they go with like a dollar value where they say, okay, this in this picture was a a fixed mm -hmm. item. Um, and so, you know, I will go around and we will tell our clients, hey, listen, if you're going to keep, you know, if we see something like that, you say, is this going to stay? Is this something you're going to take? And a lot of times, sometimes that stuff gets lost in translation as well, where this, the We're seller may not say it. I mean, a fixture. I mean, if it's right. a fixture there, okay, whatever. You know, maybe you could say, well, that's staying, but I don't know how you bridge that gap between what's there when you go through and what's there prior to. Especially, especially when, it, if if there is an admittance of the yeah. buyer went through after these things have been changed and there's documented dates, you well, saw then, oh, But there remember, are ethics, there are ethics questions yeah. on you know like a virtual staging, um, and and like we've had uh, pictures from previous listings where we you know we the simple fixed to it on our end on the listing side is you just go in and say pictures from a previous listing and you do a little watermark on the bottom and you, and you advertise as such so there's no false advertising and that's where the ethics portions but to chuck's point yeah. i don't right there's ethics not really portion is there to try and bridge the gap right any legal argument no. well remember guys that the market has slowed down but up until just very recently Buyers were paying premium. We started to see sellers yeah. starting to reduce their price because they're still paying they're, premiums. Though. No, but it's slowing down. But my point is that the buyers want as much as they can get, which may come in the way of if she sees the lights that have changed or in a home inspection, she feels that this or he feels that this needs to be fixed because they're paying so much money. They want an almost new, they're paying so much money. They want an almost new home. So that may be the mindset for behind these types of requests, but certainly the seller is under no obligation. You're saying Chuck yeah. to, uh, to allow that it, there's nothing, no yeah. court that's going to agree. I, okay. I, no. And it sounds I, like it's, it's more of the issue of, of if, if the, the day before closing and you go through a walkthrough and the day before, and you have, you know, you have well, pictures of walking through. Then, that's a yeah. different ball. I mean, that goes back to my, you know, one of my favorite closings where these people bought the house based on this beautiful landscaping. 
just gorgeous. And uh, day of closing, after the walkthrough, uh-huh. the people and sellers went and pulled up all the plants and took them with them and left a one small plant uh, in a uh, in a pot saying, you know, here's a, a home warming present. <laughs> How did that go over with the uh, buyers on that, Chuck? How did that go? Not very. No They're, apple pie, that's for sure. Yeah, lawsuit engendered. <laughs> so, did, so the the buyers just taking this question because this is interesting. The, this problem to the next level. So, did the buyers go after the sellers to replace the plants? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But what if the whole, they, they did damage to the plants and the root system? I'm just thinking this out loud. How this could be problematic. Yeah, it it really was. They sold it based on this beautiful landscaping, and it it was a desert when they when they went back and they kept it all the way through the walkthrough so folks who are selling and buying agents probably know this already if you as sellers want some of those plants to go with you and you can say it's sentimental value whatever it might be you need to make sure that there's a document that spells out that's signed by both parties that spells out which plants even number and take pictures of them to be specific so something like this doesn't happen that's the best thing you as sellers can do and get in agreement with the buyer am i correct mr crosby you are correct as they say a short pencil is better than a long memory any day of the week okay i love them for me but i'm gonna use it yeah write it down wait because they'll use that one along with the radiator nachos which Ah, (laughs) <laughs> Those, the infamous well, my radiator. favorite is known or should have known and if i don't know i know somebody who does who he does. does we could do a, a book of chuckisms i think hey. would be, <laughs> that would be good i i think i hear a, a book in the making all right over to brad avery sent us an email about a home inspector who just went into his home apparently the inspector took off the electrical panel to inspect it but never put it back on the electrical box the inspector also left doors to closets and under sinks uh, open. So Avery's wondering, is that standard protocol or did he get the luck of a draw of a lousy inspector? Yeah, he probably just had a guy that was distracted, maybe answering phone calls. Um, but in, in a case like that, the best thing to do is to call the inspector back and just say, hey, you know, you left this in an unsafe condition. You know, are you going to rectify this right away? And and I would say most inspectors are going to apologize and go out and take care of it for them. Um, you know, I think the worst thing we do as inspectors is we walk away from running water. Um, that's where, you know, <clears throat> that's where we do more damage than anything else. Um, you know, bathtubs that are left full of water, uh, you know, and, and that, that can be a real hazard. So, you know, I know for a home team, we've got an inspection um, an exit checklist that we go through, you know, religiously every single time that that goes through all those items to make sure that they're they're covered. But um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we're we're all humans and we make mistakes. But if there is a a question you've got, you know, if you're you own a home, the inspectors come through and there's something that's been left amiss, then call the inspector back. I mean, uh, Bob, we have we have sellers that call in the office and you know they leave their blinds you know, a cert, at a certain angle and we left them off 10 degrees, you know, and, and it happens, you know, people are very particular about their homes and we, we understand that. So we try to leave everything exactly the same way that we found it, but you know, you, you don't always get it right, but yeah, there's no a safety hazard, like leaving the dead front off. That's, that should never, that should never happen. Yeah. I, and for those of you who are sellers or potential sellers who want to call 
an inspection service and complain about the blinds being off 10%. Mm -hmm. I, I give you food for thought. That's nothing because in my first year of real estate, which was back in 2004, we represented the sellers, the buyers brought in their home inspector, and I will not name the name. It was not home team. They weren't even in the picture at that point. This is, and the home inspector may be, or the group may be listening to me right now, so I will not use your name. They did the inspection, and I get a call from the seller who had walked into his house after the inspection about 30 minutes later, and there was water pouring from the kitchen light fixture because the inspector had left the water running in the tub above the kitchen. And the damage it caused was extensive. And remember, we talked uh, uh, in the past, and we we're going to talk in the future about mold. Mold was just not even part of it. This was just the damage to the drywall and electrical. And so blinds being off 10%, eh, not such a big deal, right? Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of your questions with us. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. Chuck Crosby, the owner of the Crosby Law Offices. And by the way, when you go, I was just in there a couple of a week or so ago. When you go and look for the picture with the rabbit, it's just kind of one of Chuck's favorites. And then ask him to show you his collection of Star Trek memorabilia. Ooh. I'm just telling Ooh. you, these are great little things about why there's the closings at Crosby Law Offices are so entertaining. My son, Greg, who does our marketing and photography and so much more. And you can reach me, Bob Sekolder, either by going to our website. The easiest one to remember is bobsellmyhome.com. Or you can call me, 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. 
residential, or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sokola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. Thank you so much, Barbara Corcoran. Uh, I just saw again, Barbara doing one of her shows. She is a tough cookie. Greg and I know this. We've talked about this in the past, but in this one particular episode I saw, maybe it was on CNBC or something, she really went after the, the, the owner of this company going, you are in the wrong business. You got to get out of this completely. So that's that's Barbara. We're going to go back up to see her in a couple of months down the road to have another meeting with her. We love her and dearly. So also, and again, you can reach me on my cell phone, 376-5483. Come out. We can talk about a plan to put the home on the market. No obligation, free of charge. And then if you decide to go forward, we'll get it rocking and rolling. Also here, we've got Chuck Crosby, the owner of the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach him anytime at 499-6360. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. And then my son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And uh, we are on our Zoom calls, which basically means they're all questions via email because we, we can't get the calls in at this point. We're limited on some of the technology. So I've got these uh, these questions, and let's go to this one for Chuck. And this is from Bob. Uh, he Oh, he writes, Bob. This is Anthony. He says, I have a house under contract with a realtor, and I'm having a problem that involves the wellness of my life. Chuck, listen on this. He says, I think it's in our be- best interest to sell the home right now, but my agent is telling me that I may su- say not to sell the home right now. And my agent is saying it's in my best interest because of financial repercussions to sell the home. So he doesn't want to sell now. He's changed his mind. His agent says you may face repercussions. If something like that happens, I say, listen, talk to an attorney like Chuck, like Chuck Crosby. What would you tell uh, our guy, Anthony, who is having a change of heart after they've accepted the contract and apparently have gone through inspections? Where do, what do you tell him to do? Our guy's the seller. Our guy is the seller who's had a change of heart. I got you. Yeah, it's always kind of difficult when you get that. You know, I try and figure out what is the motivation, see if maybe there's not a fix for it. But the fact of the matter is, it's a legal binding contract. If you're trying to get out of it and you don't have any particular, you know, cause, there's no breach on the part of the buyer, you're looking at some severe consequences. Well, Uh, I guess the question, and I don't know if I caught it there, Bob, just to make sure, was mm-hmm. it say? Did he say there was something about the detriment of his life? Yeah, there was some I, reason, he, and I, he there was a, an emergency, he, right. or a reason he couldn't sell. Is couldn't, that, and I'm saying right. maybe is there is that where he's looking for the out, Chuck? Is there anything there where if you were dying of cancer or you know well, whatever the case may be? You know, lots of people were all dying. Sure, no, no. Listen, I get it. I'm just saying legally, no. obviously, no foothold, foothold, no foothold. You know, 
the, the problem lies in the fact that uh, I, I really can't conceive of a scenario where you will die because you sold your house. Right. And that's wrong. And you get a lot of drama in these situations where, you know, oh, I can't do it. This new thing popped up, yada, yada, yada. And you dig into it and you find out, well, maybe it's, you know, not something. Life or death, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not so life so, or death, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to take that. Um, you know, so yeah. the idea that for is bad faith if they just break the contract and there is no acceptable reason what's an acceptable reason well a judge is going to be the one to decide what that acceptable reason is but this is a business transaction not a you know oh hey i'm going to feel bad about it afterwards the buyer if they have to go and find a new house comparable and the price is greater well there's damages they can go after um the agents are have already earned a commission so there's there's that to look forward to um i've you know i've i've I heard a weird case where it wasn't necessarily the buyer that there was a reason that something couldn't be done but there was like a, a closing the gap and there's a whole different thing i'll get it for another show but it was in new york the attorney was dying of cancer didn't tell the buyer yeah. um and there was a lot of miscommunication and then there was legal stuff that went through and then the courts ruled and finally had to go through a judge in multiple steps. But the courts ruled, hey, listen, it was all because the, this guy yeah. was dying and he couldn't communicate and there was not bad faith. Rather, there was an actual issue. There's, but, there's always yeah. going to be uh, exceptions. Right. Uh, but That's extreme my, yeah. cases, uh, extreme cases make bad law. Um, so in the normal course of business, in 30 years, I've had people tell me, oh, this is a life and death issue. But when you delve into it, it really isn't as it relates to the real estate. Okay. So, yes, a life or death issue for you. You're, you've just become sick, et cetera, et cetera. But this house, not, you know, isn't going to be the factor. So, to uh, be pragmatic here, just for everybody who's listening, who wants to know if they were going to move, pull away from a contract. You're on the hook for damages commission. if you pull out. Yeah, commission is out there. That's an obvious damage. Um, you've got, uh, uh, if they have, and it works either way, buyer, seller. If the next deal that they go to that's of comparable uh, scenario is greater in price, uh, you've got damages there. Um, yeah. So, and so, damage in a lawsuit. So just be prepared. Hopefully, yeah. You can work this out, but there's no easy fix. Uh, where um, they swore that it was life or death. It really wasn't, but they swore that it was. Yeah. Uh, the seller uh, was trying to back out. They had to uh, pay quite a bit. They paid the commission to the realtors, and then they paid a fee to the buyers to say, okay, we'll get out. Uh, and it was a lot of money. So, and it can go either way. Just again, quickly, about 10 years ago, I represent the buyer, the seller, the house was a condo, actually. Seller finds out that she's pregnant and mm -hmm. there's no father, no, there's no uh, marriage in the yeah. picture there. So, so she wanted to stay. And so they presented that issue to myself and the buyer. Buyer could have gone after her for damages, could have kept going yeah. forward. Nice guy goes, okay, we'll just back away. I don't want to be a part of the problem that she's got to face and to yeah. deal with. So, so, yeah. Right, right. It's the apple, it's the apple pie yeah. approach. Cooler apple heads will usually prevail. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But coming up and all of a sudden, you know, I've got this huge dramatic whatever that gets yeah. me. Yeah. I haven't, I have, I've had very little experience or I've had very little experience with real situations like that. Right? Got it. When you come Move, in so hot that it seems yeah. a little, yeah. yeah. Moving over to Brad Russ lives in a house in Old Louisville. This is fascinating. This question, and he is planning on selling it. He's got an interesting question. He said he just recently watched one of those this old house episodes. I love that show. I really love do. it. And now I can, you can subscribe if you want. And I'm thinking of doing that to have access to it. But it's oh, just, I did. I did. I've got. Oh, it you on, did. I did. And I and I wrote them on Instagram, and they wrote me back because I like I love watching it with my kids because they'll sit oh. there. Well, they'll, yeah. they'll watch it with me. And then you can do the fix it thing. Oh, it's just great. Anyway, he says they tested a home for lead paint. He said it appears the test requires cutting into the wood or plaster in a small V shape and removing that area to sample, I guess, with the liquid. I think I yeah. saw the same episode. And yeah. he says, how concerned should he, Russ, be about lead-based paint and a buyer testing for it and mm-hmm. maybe ruining the wood or the walls as they have to cut into it with a knife of some sort. Well, so if you're using, that's called a wet chemical uh, lead-based paint test. Okay. It should be done in a very hidden area. So when we're doing those, they are in areas that you're not going to see. Now you have to understand where lead-based paint might be found. You know, this is a, this is a paint that's going to be found on door jams. It's going to be found on windowsills. It's going to be found in wet areas. So it would be in a bathroom. It would be in a kitchen. Um, the last lead-based paint that was actually applied uh, were were exterior paints because it was extremely hard. So, yeah, you do have to know where you're looking um, for it. Uh, an inspector should leave no visible damage. They the the the, the client shouldn't even know where where the uh, the chemical test was took place. Um, there's different ways of of doing um, lead based paint testing. Uh, You can also use an XRF gun. There's a few environmental companies here in the Louisville area that have that if they're worried about extensive lead-based paint. But keep in mind that every paint, every painter um, in the area has has to be uh, lead-based paint uh, removal certified. So they're going to know how to remove it. The challenge is knowing whether or not previous renovations that might have been done by a homeowner left a lot of lead-based paint um, dust around the house. So if you're living in a house that was built before 1978, make sure that you use a wet dusting method. Okay, so you're using pledge, you're using end dust, you're using something on a rag to pick up that dust because what you don't want to do is put the dust back in the air because that may be lead-based paint dust. So now question, as far, yeah, real quick, as far as like, uh, you know, 1978, the cutoff, I was just thinking, yep. is that the cutoff? Were lead-based yeah. paints, do you still see some older homes yep. where you're like, okay, this is 1980? 1982. Yes. So let's go. Th- this is so probably something we should check. When I went through my lead-based paint certification, my lead-based paint assessor certification class, one of the things that they found was there were warehouses that had paint in 1980 that was still lead-based paint. But keep in mind, again, almost all of that was exterior paint. Interior paint, they really kind of gave up on lead-based paint starting in the 50s is when they started winding down with it because it's extremely hard and it's expensive and they just weren't you know, they were starting to switch to the uh, latexes. All right. So let me back up here. You said wet removal as mm-hmm. opposed to what type of removal? Well, like a, like, a, so I'm saying just if you use a dust cloth, just put, just put some sort of a dusting, 
you know, uh, like Pledge or Endust on that cloth. So it picks up the dust and keeps the dust contained within that cloth versus just using, you know, a Swiffer or a dust rag. Ah, okay. And all you're doing is just putting dust back up in the air. All right. One final thought on this. And then we're just about the end of the show. And uh, you may have heard me talk about this and maybe you haven't. So many of you know, I was a television anchor reporter for 25 or so years in 1981, I believe it was in Baltimore. And I did this story on lead-based paint and how that, that, that no longer will kids have to worry about it because it's no longer being used. And I ended up in my stand-up, which is the thing you st- when you're in front of the camera. I said, and so now these gals and guys won't have to ever worry about this type of a problem again. And then I signed off. And I get back to the, the, the station, and Oprah Winfrey, who was an anchor there, who was a friend, and she comes up and he says, Bob, never use the word gals again on the air because it's demeaning to African-American people. And I, this has stuck with me like it was yesterday. You know, and Oprah is as sweet as she was when she did her TV show back then and even now. But this so anytime I talk about lead-based paint, this image of Oprah talking to me about not using these words, I just thought I'd share it with everybody because it was kind of it was one of those really very weird things, you know? When Oprah slaps you down, you know you've been slapped down. Yes, but nicely. Yes, nicely. You say thank you. I say thank you. Okay, I'll never do it again. And I've never done it again. We are out of time. My thanks to Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach Brad and his team, 844-411-TEAM. Also, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Officers. Good guy. Both of these guys are great guys. You can reach Chuck at 499-6360. My son, Greg, does our marketing, our photography, and so much more. And you can reach me anytime. Uh, if you want me to come out and do a consult just to talk about what the plans are, there's no obligation, there's no cost, just give me a call, 376-5483, or go to bobsellmyhome.com. We are out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.